This is WrestleZone Radio, presented by WrestleZone.com. Find us on iTunes. Welcome back, WrestleZone Radio listeners. It's me, Nick Hausman, and we got a big spotlight interview for you here. This Impact Thursday, of course, next Sunday on Pay-Per-View and Fight.TV. It's going to be Impact Wrestling's slam anniversary, And in the main event, we have Moose going for the World Championship, the Impact World Championship against the man I'm about to talk to right now. It is A-double Austin Aries. Austin, thank you very much for taking the time to chat today. Absolutely, and I just want to let you know it's it's a man called Moose, kind of like Sting. A man called Sting. I've I've decided that Moose is just too plain, so let's let's refer to him to a man called Moose, just so people don't think I'm actually wrestling an actual Moose on the 22nd. They're not just you know disappointed when they see uh, him come to the ring instead. But yeah, I mean for sure, and you know to to be fair, you know people would probably enjoy watching you wrestle a Moose. That could be a very exciting thing for people to see on pay per view. I think I can get at least three, three and a half stars out of the moose. Yeah, right. for sure. Like, Which might be actually half a star more than I can get out of this one. We'll see it on the 22nd. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, now, you, now, you say that here. Now, Moose had to win this opportunity to face you. He beat Eli Drake to get this chance. Uh, sure. would, would, you have pre- would you have preferred to have be wrestling Eli Drake for the championship at Slammiversary? Uh, well, you know, and I kind of, you know, me and Eli kind of had a, a backstage, uh, you know, um, I guess... I want to call it altercation interaction, I guess would be a better word for it where, yeah, I actually kind of, I told him I preferred that, you know, he, he, he would be the guy because I, I know I could beat him. I've already done it twice. And one time I did it with my dress shoes. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, I mean, and that was all obviously in good fun. I think, you know, then the other, the other, comp- the other component to that is, can you beat the same guy three times in a row? Like we know in, in other sports, right. You know, it's hard to pull the sweep. So maybe in this case, you know, Maybe I'm maybe I'm actually better off facing uh, a guy like Moose, who maybe wouldn't be willing to do the same things a guy like Eli Drake would do to get his championship back. Absolutely, you know, you talk about that here. What Moose is willing to do, you know, he's not anywhere near as experienced as you in being in these high-profile main event matches. Do you see his inexperience in these situations uh, as a possible advantage or as a disadvantage? Uh, well, you know, it, it works both ways. You know, I mean, because sometimes, you know, he's not, it's, listen, he has game reps. It's obviously in a different sport, but the NFL is a high pressure situation. You know, you're, you're judged on your performance. And, uh, you know, so it's not like he, he's not been tested under fire, but it's different in the wrestling room because he doesn't have teammates around him to pick him up when he's tired or when he makes a mistake, you know, that's one-on-one. So, you know, I think in some ways when you're inexperienced, sometimes the gravity of the situation doesn't hit you. And that can work to your advantage. Sometimes when you're inexperienced, you get so fired up and so much in your head, and I've had this happen, you actually blow yourself up just going to the ring because you're so hyped up for this moment. So my job is to figure out exactly how he's going to process and handle this moment and then adjust my game plan accordingly. You know, being under this pressure here and and working with such a high-caliber opponent as yourself, has Moose done anything that has surprised you in the time that you guys have been preparing for this this big Slammiversary main event? Uh, you know, he actually he actually got a couple of sentences out that didn't sound like a mouthful of marbles, and that was kind of surprising. You know, like I said, you know, I I, I look at Moose, I look at Moose, and and I get and, and I go, man, wow, there's there's possibly the next Ron Simmons. You know, as you think about a high level football athlete who became a world champion, and then I hear Moose talk, and I go, wow, 
she could be another George the Animal Steel. <laughs> so let's hide the turn. Let's let's hide the turnbuckles just in case. You know what I'm saying? Sure. No. Uh, listen, uh, listen. Talking talk talking it is is only a part of the game, and I and I do that better than anybody. Delivery in the ring is a whole different part of it. So the fact of the matter that Moose maybe doesn't talk a big game again. He comes from a sport where he has a helmet on. You don't see his face, right? He's he's a little shielded. And it's not about how much of a game he talks, it's about how he produces. So I'm not taking him lightly in the ring just because he's not talking a big game. He's still dangerous. He's still 6'5". He's two, 270 pounds. He still has a 40-inch vertical. He still bench presses three and me and then some. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy's no joke. But my job is to, is to get underneath his skin. My job is to mentally – because I'm, I'm never going to physically beat this guy. So yeah, I mentally beat this guy. Yeah, and that was kind of my next question is, you know, what going into this bout here, you guys are just so different uh, in styles. Obviously, Moose, as you say, is this big power wrestler here. You know, what is – take people into your head real fast or as long, as much time as you'd like about, you know, what is your strategy for dealing with this guy? And, and also, if you could touch on, you know, how does that NFL background uh, play into his abilities in the ring? Uh, well, again, you know, again, the athletic traits always translate speed, the quickness, um, you know, listen, the guy can take punishment. You know, it's, you know, my, my cousin played in the NFL, you know, he, he was on the offensive line. I know that, I know that when you're in the trenches that, you know, if you don't have heart in the fourth quarter, you get mauled because it's a battle down there every play. So a lot of those attributes translate. Now, when it comes to the actual in ring, you know, the, again, being a ring general, knowing all the things you have at your disposal to gain your advantage, you know, and then again, what kind of character? He's talking about wanting to make his mom proud. Is he going to be willing to do something a little underhanded? Is he going to be thinking about what his mom's going to say to him? You know? Yeah. No offense. Uh, I don't really care if my mom's, my, mom's, my mom's proud of me because I'm a champion. His mom's proud of him just because, you know, he's where he's at. So, you know, all these things come into play. And, and so do I have a game plan? I have, I have game plans and all the, because he could, he could come – he could come to the, to the ring three or four different ways. So I need to make sure that I have game plans for wherever he comes mentally and physically. You know, when you talk about, when we talk about his physicality, you, you know, you took a couple jabs there at his, his speaking abilities. One thing he, he does say about himself, he calls himself Mr. Impact Wrestling. Do you resent him a little bit for right. taking that moniker? No, it's, it's actually good because it's giving me some more, it's giving me some more material basically just to make fun of him about, you know, you don't call yourself that. That's people call you that. That's something that's bestowed upon you because you've earned it. It's not something you just write in the back of your jacket and go, I'm going to be this now, at least not unless you're holding the world championship. And that's what, that, that's me. So I guess I could call myself Mr. Impact Wrestling and I have something to back it up. He said, he's the hardest working man in impact wrestling. Like how does he compare that? Does he see the work that I put in on a daily basis? He's not around. He doesn't know what kind of work I put in. You know, what kind of work are we talking about? Is he talking about working in the gym? you know, taking a sledgehammer and beating on a tire. That's one kind of work. I'm sitting there maybe studying his matches. Maybe I'm watching his, maybe I'm watching his NFL footage to see if he does wilt in the fourth quarter when the pressure's on. Is he doing that kind of work? So again, you know, you, you, you know, he's very new to this and he, and he, and he has a huge future and upside to him, but he's going to have to learn some lessons. And on the 22nd, I'm going to teach it to him. Now, you know, you can speak either directly to Moose with this response, this question, or you can speak more generally to to talent uh, that's interested in being in a spot where you're at. You know, what is the advice that you give to wrestlers that are for the first time being exposed 
to this kind of main event position? You know, at the end of the day, all I've ever asked is to be able to go out there and fail or succeed on my own merits and not based on what somebody else wants me to do or thinks I should do, wants me to say or thinks I should say. Because ultimately, I'm going to be judged on my performance, but it needs to be my performance. Mm-hmm. So I would say to him, as he's got D'Angelo Williams in his corner, I'm sure he's got other people that he's trusted, but Moose needs to figure out when he walks out of that curtain who he wants to be and not let anybody else tell him who he's supposed to be. If I was who I was supposed to be, I wouldn't be here the world champion in the main event on the 22nd. If I was who, I, who people wanted me to be, I wouldn't be in the position I am. So my advice to anybody who wants to be in this position is don't let anybody else tell you who you're supposed to be. Don't set up for less than you're worth. Go be exactly who you want to be. And for me, I'm the belt collector. Now, you brought up D'Angelo Williams there. Does, is that playing a factor at all? Do you think he should be there? Are you surprised that they're allowing him to be ringside for, for his buddy Moose? Uh, you know what? I, I, don't know that he's getting, I don't know that he's going to be ringside. I mean, uh, if he's going to be ringside, then I'll grab somebody to be ringside. I mean, I'm not worried about that. I, got, I mean, whatever. I, I, I can pluck people to be ringside that have been helping me get ready for this. That, that's not an issue. Man. I don't think it's going to be that. I know he's been helping him train, but um, I have a feeling – and, uh, you know, I know uh, t- tonight's – I don't know when this is going to air, but, um, you know, I have a feeling that D'Angelo Williams is going to understand uh, where he should and where he shouldn't be on the 22nd. All right, there you go. Hey, I wanted to ask you about another big uh, – couple big matches here on the show while I've got you. Uh, Pentagon Jr. and Sammy Callahan, mask versus hair match. Uh, you know, that's, that's – a Love it. That's those are huge stakes. I didn't know if you wanted to comment on the match, the fact that the feud is, has found itself at this, at this level. I love it. I mean, two, two of the, uh, you know, when you talk about presence, when you talk about persona, two of the guys right now that are, you know, the, the hottest guys on, on, on the scene that, that just carry themselves in a way uh, that's made people want to keep eyes on them and follow what they're doing. And I'm excited to watch these two guys get in the ring. And I'm very familiar, obviously, with Pentagon Jr. Me and Sammy Callahan, we're, we're kind of like, two supervillains that are kind of running a parallel course who haven't really intersected yet, and that's just fine by me. I'm sure our time will come. I heard there's a Jarrett Cruz coming up, you know, and sure. I love the sea. I love the water. You know, hopefully if there's uh, enough good vegan options, maybe uh, maybe I'll see my way there. Who knows? Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. And obviously, said the stakes are high. And when the stakes are high, people are willing to do some uh, un- unremarkable and unbelievable things. And uh, so – I'm sure that will be one where everyone's be watching the monitor in the back very closely. Yeah, and I mean it's. I mean these are really big sticks. Obviously, Sammy Callahan is not going to be wanting to walk around as a baldy, but Pentagon Junior. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about just you know what it is, what it means to a luchador if they if they lose their mask? Like, what kind of an effect that can have on them as a performer in person? Yeah, I think I think you made a good point. Like, I don't I don't, I don't know that that's equal value. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, ditto. You know, I don't. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know that again. At the end of the day, that Sammy Callahan would lament losing his hair uh, as much as as you're as you're saying um, how much it would mean to Pentagon Junior to have to take his mask off. So, um, obviously, that that advantage then goes to Sammy Callahan because he doesn't have as much at risk. And uh, but then again, that makes me think that Pentagon Junior is maybe be able to do something a little extra that maybe Sammy won't, which is scary to think of when you think of what Sammy's capable of. Yeah, and you know, when you think about what Sam is capable of, you know, obviously we're kind of looking at the remnants of a of a broken man here in Eddie Edwards, who's kind of drifted off a bit. Uh, how do you feel watching a guy like Eddie Edwards kind of 
turn as he has as of late because of what Sammy put him through? Well, I'll be honest. At first, um, at first there was a period where it concerned me for one reason, and that was I felt like Eddie was finding something of himself, his passion, this um, you know, this this new level of emotional being able to like, tap into an emotional side and a depth that he hadn't been able to in his career. And sometimes that's that extra gear that guy needs to propel himself back to the top because then he's already been a champion in this company, you know. But then there was something at a certain point where it just kind of turned and, 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 and he kind of, again, um, you know, I, I, he's in his own head right now. I've, I, I've, hey, man, I've had points in my career where I've been in my own head, personal reasons attached, you know what I'm saying? So I get it. Um, from a professional standpoint as the champion, um, I'm cool with it because – while he's in this mental state, I don't know that he's a true threat for the championship. From a personal standpoint, as someone who's known Eddie a long time, um, you know, if he can pull himself out of this, uh, I think he can reach some new heights. But the key is to pull himself out of this. And uh, right now, again, we'll see, we'll, we'll see how this all culminates on the 22nd, where it leaves him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, it, it's a great card. I, I do uh, I encourage you guys to go check out impactwrestling.com for the full rundown. Uh, while I got you here, though, too, uh, Austin, I wanted to – uh, kind of talk here a little bit at the end. You've done such a great job of building your brand outside of Impact Wrestling. You are the belt collector. Uh, you're an author. Your book, Food Fight. Uh, tell me a little bit about just what the experience has been like for you the last couple of years as you've been able to, to go out and, and build this platform. Uh, you know, the last few years have been very interesting and, and, and a lot of uh, – highs and lows and a lot of meaningful moments. And obviously, you know, I had my, I had my 18, 18 month run or so with WWE, which, you know, I'll always be grateful for and, and left me in such a great position to have a platform to continue to grow my brand, you know? And uh, so, you know, I came out of that with an opportunity and a landscape of pro wrestling that's as, as fruitful and vibrant as it's been, as long as I've been involved in it, as far as the opportunities and the kind of money that's attached uh, to really go out and be, uh, a true independent contractor. And really right now um, I'm enjoying wrestling as much as, as I ever have and the freedom attached and the creative freedom attached to the things that I'm able to get my hands into right now and the places I'm able to go and work and the quality of promotions and talent that there is on that scene that all sees the value in being your own man or your own woman. Uh, what that's then allowed me to do is continue to do these things outside of wrestling as you're talking about, um, we're being, you know, being an advocate for food advocacy, plant-based diet, life, you know, things of that to educate people on the merits of plant-based diet and really just about our food choices, the corporate food system and why, you know, um, why it's important and a priority should be placed on what we put in our bodies from, from a food standpoint. So I've been doing some speaking engagements. Obviously, my book tells my story of how I became plant-based, you know, and, and, and that's been a good platform to get my, my story, my message out there. And I'll just continue to travel around the country and, and actually the world and, and, and be able to speak at different conventions and, 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 you know, festivals and things of that sort to continue to spread the message. And I think with wrestling fans, especially too, man, I'll tell you what, I've had some, I've had some fans come up to me and say, and, and listen, I love when they come up and go, hey, your match with Samoa Joe in 2004 where you won the ROH world title, like, man, that hooked me in wrestling and thank you so much. And like, that's awesome. It feels great. But when this cat came up to me at one of these festivals and said, hey, I've been watching you since back at TNA, you know, the spectacular vascular vegetarian, and then, and then I heard you went vegan, so I, I went on a vegan diet, and he lost 200 pounds, you know? And that's, that to me, like, that changed that dude's life wow. and took him on a whole different course. And that was just me leading by example and just, 
you know, being an ambassador for, for, for what I do and what I believe in. So to have that kind of change um, for me and to be able to use my platform in wrestling for that, uh, that's, that's a really beautiful thing. Um, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it, it's so great right now to see guys like yourself. Obviously, you know, there's, there's cats over in Ring of Honor that do some of the same stuff and branch out and, you know, build their platforms. It's just such a great sure. time for wrestling right now. And yeah. uh, good for you, man. Uh <laughs> Uh, yes. la- last but not least, uh, I don't know. Do you want to get every- everyone an update on where you see Impact right now? I mean, the ship has just kind of changed so much over the past year, management-wise. There's infusion of new talent. Is there anything you'd like to leave everyone with about kind of the state of Impact Wrestling at the moment? Well, I just, you know, I, I think the main thing I see in the comments, and, and listen, at the end of the day, I realize that there's always going to be a loyal fan base of people who are always going to have their opinion of, uh, a negative opinion of, of what they think of TNA or Impact Wrestling. Uh, it's, you know, that brand loyalty thing. It's, you know, it's not my team. I get that. Uh, but for anybody who, you know, used to watch what uh, the old TNA, um, you know, needs to understand is that the Impact Wrestling that we're at now is really a new Impact Wrestling with new, with new leadership, new, new thought process, and, and a new way to go about their business and within the industry. Um, and so I think it's an exciting time, and I think you're seeing that. As you said, the, uh, the talents that are starting to come in there um, that – are working not just with Impact Wrestling, but with other promotions, creating some unique and exciting opportunities for matchups. Um, you know, just the, the streaming service, working with other independent promotions to get their content on that streaming service so that you can see what I'm doing over in Australia at World Series Wrestling, where I won the championship off of Ricochet before he signed with NXT, and I've been wrestling Brian Cage and Marty Skrull, and we had the ROH World Tag Champs, the Briscoes teaming up with Austin Aries, the Impact World Champion, versus the Young Bucks and Marty Skrull, the Bullet Club, and that happened in Australia, and like that's an awesome match that people should be able to watch. Yeah. And Impact Wrestling is, is, is allowing that to happen, and that's a cool, exciting thing, because I think that's where the business needs to go. And I think that's how people want to watch their content, and they don't want to have to pretend that everything exists in its own bubble, because it doesn't. So, uh, you know, and I think that Impact Wrestling right now, I think I just encourage people, you know, give it a chance. And it might not, so it might not be your flavor of ice cream, but it's not whatever you think the old flavor of TNA was. Uh, this is this is a different brand and a different flavor now. Hundred percent, guys. Next Sunday, July twenty second, live on Pay Per View Fight TV. Impact Wrestling prevents presents Slammiversary. Austin Aries is going to defend that Impact World Championship, his Impact World Championship. Against Moose, the man, That's right. the man they call Moose. The man called Moose. The, the man called man Moose. Man called Moose. Man called Moose. 